Alright, alright, alright. It's me, Aisha Kurtz. With Club and Seals. No peanut gallery. No nothing. It's just gonna be you and me. I hope that's alright. <laughs> I know it's been a little while since, you know, uh, we've been on. And so much has happened. I'm sitting here doing my laundry. I'm like folding it, you know. And uh, I was like, I keep telling myself I'm going to do the podcast. I always feel like I just don't have enough time in the day. Um, I'm sure you all feel that way as well. But I had, uh, you know, folks were asking and uh, I did skimp out last month. So, you know, I got to make up for it. I'm going to try and start from the beginning, right? Or the biggest things, most important things. Uh, going on. Hey, Marmar. That's my Marshall. He's our one of our dogs. Uh, we have five, so good luck breaking in our house. Um, <laughs> he is our big galoof. But anyway, uh, speaking of five dogs, one of our dogs, I don't even know, she's still here right before Christmas time. Our one dog who is old, she's blind, she went deaf. But she has Cushing's disease and diabetes and just, I don't even know how she's still here. But we thought she was a goner for sure. The vet was like, oh, she's not going to make it. You know, this was like Christmas Eve. And she's still alive right now. You know, they were like, oh, she's in kidney failure. You know, do $1,200 to save her life. And we were like, yeah, she's dying anyway. Um, we don't have 1200 bucks, you know, to do this. And, you know, it wasn't a guarantee. So we just, you know, brought her home, tried to nurse her back to health, you know, love her until they said we had two or three days. And here we are, like, you know, almost a month later, and she is back to her old self. And I'm, like, amazed, you know. I hope everyone had a good Christmas, New Year's. Um, we don't actually celebrate Christmas in uh, December, but uh, a lot of our friends do, and most of the country so you know we just do our own little thing during that time and um you know i just wanted to make sure you guys were doing okay too you know tell me about it how things were i know it was a rough year for people doing things virtual and all of that um you know we do our best we are we're safe and smart about things i know probably entirely too much about covid I love looking at all the studies and information that comes out. I, I sop up the information from all points, you know, from all sides. Um, but, we, you know, we don't live in fear of it. It is a 99% survival rate, you know, 99.8% or something like that survival rate, survival rate, and mostly benign. And But it's still serious, you know, if you get it and the consequences of it are so varied um you know the way this pathogen works is, is just absolutely amazing um so again you know we don't um we don't go around masking i don't care if other people mask it's just not i'm like it's not going to protect us you know we do more instead immune boosting things you know uh, dietary things supplements uh and as well i have started trying to get my cardio in because I'm like yeah if I get this you know I'm overweight and stuff so I'm like oh great I'll be one of the people that dies on 
Uh, they ain't putting me on no ventilator, but, you know, I'll be one of those the way that affects the lungs, probably. So, you know, I take it seriously, but definitely not afraid. And that's how I think people should do. Everybody has to decide for themselves uh, what the government is doing right now uh, with this lockdown and trying to just um, take people's fears and uh, use them to oppress uh, a whole nation uh, and world really is just absolutely astounding the way that I see it unfolding and people really need to step up uh, I think business owners first and foremost um, they need to step up as well as you know I've, I've been seeing a lot of um, health care providers and different things like that that are not only refusing this fake vaccine you know it's a shot it's like the flu shot it's not a vaccine and so we should be very clear about that. And just that alone, right? It's like, why are they giving us all the misinformation that doesn't make sense to me? You know, if you want people to trust you, then tell the truth, right? And, and they're not. And so if, the, if you're not telling the truth, then obviously there's something amiss. And I just wish that more people would uh, take hold of that, right? I mean, what, why, why can't you just stop? You know, like, again, I know that not all of us are researchers. Not everyone gets fascinated about you know, the weird stuff like how this gel forms in your lungs and, you know, what it's doing. And they may not even be calling it a virus anymore, probably after Biden's in, you know. Um, you know, the, because of the way that it's acting. And w within that, you know, if there's risk, there has to be a choice. That's what liberty is about. And so, again, whether people want to take the shot or not, completely up to them. I'm like, hey, you know, if you are okay with you know being the experiment right i mean there always has to be those people there always has been you know it's like they pay people to be in studies and people voluntarily um are human guinea pigs and stuff and and that's absolutely fine right if that's what you want to do go for it and you know thank you thank you very much in 20 years i'll see how this rma r m sorry this m rna editing uh, system that is coming out, you know, that's kind of what they're using uh, for um, this shot is, uh, again, you can look up CRISPR-Cas9. CRISPR, it's like, I can't remember what it stands for. It was, it's, it's totally unethical, I believe. Uh, DNA editing, uh, you know, C-R-I-S-P-R, right? CRISPR is one part. It, it, it edits the DNA, and then you have the Cas, C-A-S, and then a hyphen 9. And, um, so the Cas9 part recodes the DNA, and it's super unethical, and there's a whole, I mean, it's been going on, you know, uh, I want to say late 80s? Look it up if, you, if you've never looked up what CRISPR-Cas9 is. I mean, now some of the older stuff and objections that people are having, uh, have had over the years on it, are probably starting to disappear um, because they w want to use it more. But again, you're, you're editing people's DNA, you are recoding DNA, what God gave you. And I think that, right, morally is wrong. It's unethical. You can, uh, like, in a lot of the experiments, they would, like, turn black mice white. Uh, you can turn, you know, blue eyes to brown eyes. You, but They'll be like, oh, you can get rid of sickle cell anemia and all these other diseases where you can recode the DNA. It splices the DNA, recodes it into something else. So the mRNA is... A little different you know if you, you'd have to look up again I'm not gonna get into all of this because again it's mumbo-jumbo and I'm gonna lose you all but the, the RNA is different RNA is 
the, is like a duplicate strand for all, you know, just like to, simplicity's sake, right? Duplicate strand of your DNA and your body, the messenger RNA or mRNA is something your body is like a defense that God had kind of like built in there for us so that instead of uh, DNA being spliced, it, it, it create the RNA strand is there, the messenger RNA kind of recodes that and then goes back and kind of tells um, your body what to do. And so basically we found out, humans have found out a way not only to edit your DNA, but how to edit that RNA or that mRNA, right? And to get it to um, to do it. You can tell it what to do. So the body telling it. So it's humans telling that mRNA what to do, what to code. I don't know what the heck they're going to tell it to code. I don't trust no shot. You know what I mean? Like, listen, I'm, but that's basically what the shot is. Um, and, you know, whatever implications come along with that, we have no idea, right? Because there's no long-term data on any of this for anything. And I'm out. But if you're not, that's okay. You know, I just think, you know, forced vaccinations on any level are wrong. And um, I think we, we really need to think about who we are as people, as human beings, as well as a country, and not live in fear. And I think that that's what a big part of all of this is, is fear, right? That... Um, and then what, what's the underlying fear? It's death, right? So for Christians, it's strange for me because this is not our home, right? Earth is not our home. And I know, and again, I don't want to sound harsh here. So please, I hope you can hear my heart and about what, what I'm about to say. But fearing death, it really isn't godly if you know you're going to your next you know, part of the journey, right? That that death isn't actually death. It is going on to eternal life. And my next step is being in the presence of God, knowing the mysteries of myself, of the world, of all of these things. I am now in the presence of Elohim. And so for me, I've never, you know, once I became Christian, because I wasn't always, you know, that way. But once I understood that, it's like, I don't know, I can die tomorrow, you know, and, and oftentimes, you know, again, don't get me wrong, I love my family, and I know that other people do too, but people will say things like, you know, hey, I want to make sure, I want to see my grandkids grow up, I want to see my daughter get married, I want, yes, and I do, in my human shell, right, in the shell that I have, I do want that, but when we pass on to glory, I don't care. You, you won't care. You, you're, the grandkids, all of these things are things that aren't going to matter. And the glory and the wonderfulness and the, and the beauty of, of the other side is so spectacular. There's no tears there. There's no sadness. So I'm not going to be thinking about those things. And what's happening, I believe, right, is that we build our heaven here on earth. And if you're building your heaven here on earth, then... Not only are you not storing up your treasures in heaven, uh, you're not thinking about those things, right? <laughs> but as well, that means that going to heaven or going on, right, it becomes scary because you're like, oh, but I have my house here and I have my things here and I have my friends here and I have my stuff and my grandkids and all of these things that I'm looking forward to instead of your eyes being set on the prize, which is Jesus, which is Abba, God the Father, and being in his presence and saying, God, you will catch, you will have every tear and 
in your hand and therefore I have no fear of death right because I know whose I am I know who I am and I know where I'm going and I know that not everybody is, is like that but as well I don't think that all Christians are like that right they say they are right you say that you're there and that you believe but if you did then something like of this COVID right this corona Wuhan virus that has a 99% survival rate would not be able to have everybody in such an uproar. The government would not be able to have taken control of everyone so easily if you really were having your eyes on heaven, right? But that fear that they have in this, this illusion of safety that we have. There is no safety. God is my safety net. He is my strong tower. And I love medicine. God is the greatest scientist there is. He knew about this virus. He knows the cure to it. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows, right, tomorrow's never promised to you. If it's not the virus thing, it could be a car wreck, right? Uh, it could be, you know, I don't know, you walk out there and a rabid dog comes out and attacks you. Who knows? You know, all of the different things. I could just have a heart attack, right? Um, uh, and it, but with something like this, where you can look at it and the, the government's taking opportunity, right? These globalists who are wanting to institute um, a new government structure. And that government structure is oppression. Don't get it wrong. These people are greedy. I mean, one minute you have these people who are talking about how awful the government is. Um, again, not conservatives. I'm going to go right now on the liberal end of things, right? I mean, both sides do this, so don't get me wrong on that either. Hear my heart. But right now, I want to say, right, it's like with the whole, like, um, defund the police thing or any, you know, again, racism, systemic, institutionalized racism, whatever. It doesn't matter what, which thing you want to pick, right? One of these big government ideas. And you know, sit there and be like, oh, yeah, you can't trust the government. Oh, they're trying to oppress you, blah, blah, And then want to use that, and then want to give those same people more power over you in order to institute some sort of uh, assemblance or um, idea of safety or freedom. And you're like, so you're giving them more power so that you can have more freedom? So that, I mean, that's not what liberty is. Our government should be afraid of us, not the other way around. The moment that we become afraid of our government, taking away our First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third, you know, anything, you know, Bill of Rights, it's right there. Right? Any time, once we get to that point, then there's a problem. And we are at that point. People are like, oh, well, you know what? I mean, basic education, they're trying to use um, this corona uh, shot, the COVID shot in order to make people take it by saying, oh, you can't have education. Maybe you can't fly, right? It was like, again, oh, wait, we're not going to make you take it as force you from the government, but they're definitely going to um, strong arm you and make you feel like it was your decision because, hey, I want to be able to go to school or send my kids to school, and therefore I want to be able to uh, travel on the plane, and therefore uh, I have to get the shot, right? That is coercion, and it is a way of 
forcing people to do something. It's just like with taxes, right? If you don't want to flat out say there's a tax, then you call it a license, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it's the same thing. And so you have these people that are going on and they're talking about, oh, hey, um, uh, uh, government is bad, right? Oh, too big of government. But, but then they want bigger government, right? They, they, they'll, they don't even say that, right? We, on one side, it's, you can't trust the government. That's why we want the government to be smaller, more controllable, small pieces. It should be local. We, the people, should control it so that it can't get out of hand because we don't trust it. Versus the other side, right, completely illogical is, oh, um, don't trust the government. Uh, they are always doing stuff shady to oppress us and they're racist and therefore let's give them more power make them bigger so that we can not control them. You know what I mean? Like, what I me mean, doesn't even make any sense. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Um, and if I could figure out a way to do this live so that we could do a back and forth, I would take questions right now. But since I can't, instead, guess what I'll do? We'll take a little break right here. Nobody, nobody would believe it. And every day you try to pick up all the pieces, all the memories they somehow never leave you. Nobody, nobody, nobody sees you. Nobody, nobody will believe it. God only knows what you've been through. God only knows what they say about you. God only knows how it's killing you. But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you But God only knows the real you There's a kind of love that God only knows You keep a cover over every single secret So afraid if someone saw them they would leave Somebody, somebody, somebody sees you Somebody, somebody will never leave you God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you She's back! Still folding clothes though. What? Now I have some ginger turmeric tea, hot tea. Yummy, yummy. Um, yes. So let's move on, right? My, the next big thing, obviously, was the election. And, oh, doy, could we be talking for a while about that? <sighs> Everyone asking my thoughts. Man, let me just uh, tell you, there is so much that we should be doing and can be doing to keep ourselves calm, you know? We have to constantly be renewing our hearts and our minds. Um, there's a psalm I was reading, uh, Psalm 131. It says, Adonai, my heart is, isn't proud, but, you know, isn't oftentimes our heart actually proud, you know? And we can't get our mind to squench the flesh, right? To, to tell the heart to go away and to not be so proud. But man, do we like being right 
Anyway, it says, Adonai, my heart isn't proud. I don't set my eyes, my sight too high. I don't take part in the great affairs or in the wonders far beyond me. No, I keep myself calm and quiet like a little child on its mother's lap. I keep myself like a little child. And I think, you know, sometimes we have to go to that. <clears throat> and that's David. Think about all the things that he went through. Um, you know, uh, talk about having stuff stolen from, from you, right? It's like the kingdom was given to David, and then he wound up, you know, having to go hide out in a uh, cave, right? I mean, they're all trying to kill him. And, you know, but the, the, the Lord defends and within within that, right, is like we have to keep calm. So, yes, Trump, was the election stolen from him? Probably was. I mean, this isn't anything new, you know. Um, I think what happened is that the first time around with Trump that they underestimated uh, how much they needed to cheat. Uh, I've been involved with politics, and I know they cheat. I know both sides cheat. I know that there is election fraud right the, the the ticket is can you prove it can you prove it will pe enough people come forward is there not enough people you know like people often are blackmailed right or people on the election board usually they get the position because uh i mean they serve at the behest of whoever is um you know the chairman or whatever at, at the time you know i know each area is a little different but <clears throat> it's not like it's an elected position right so uh, you're gonna pick whoever you trust the most at that position and within that oftentimes you know people are being blackmailed there are people who have jobs county jobs and they're like oh I know that you know this is going on but I can't say anything because if I do then I'm gonna wind up losing my job and my pension and that's the sad reality and that's something that we've had to deal with for years so when they say there's no election fraud to begin with you know people will some people say that. i mean, like listen we know for a fact that it's been going on if you live in the inner city you know there's election fraud you know they make buses of people come they give them some little hot chocolate a couple of donuts they'll go in there they pick up some of the homeless people they tell them oh you know you're so and so and they go in and they vote I mean, we've seen that our whole lives. So don't, you know, it's like some people are like, oh, no, you know. You know, so, yes, it happens. And I think that, typically speaking, any given election, you may need to uh, swing the, that, you know, steal the votes, right? And, you know, maybe a few percentage points and that's it. But with Trump, you know, being an outsider, all of that stuff, the first time around, I think the reason that they were just like so beside themselves is because they did their normal cheating, what they think they needed to do, and he got in anyway, and they're like, what the heck's going on? So this time, I think they overplayed their hand and over-cheated, because if you look at some of the numbers, right, I mean, just mathematically speaking, again, whether this, I mean, if this was not my guy, and this, it doesn't matter, right? I didn't vote for Trump the first time. I'm not a, you know, Trump fan, uh, you know. I voted for him this time, and I, when he did, I mean, you guys know, when he does something bad, I tell you, hey, I don't like what he's doing, does something good, does something good, you know, uh, you know, I don't love the guy, but hey, you know, yeah, I do think that, you know, there's a problem, and we should care about the integrity of our elections, regardless of anything, and that should continue on, 
um, from this point on. People should really take a look and say, okay, yeah, there's a problem. Anyway, mathematically speaking, when we are looking at what happened, it's always been, oh, hey, if you get, you know, 3% of the 3% more, 5% more of this demographic, that demographic, right? If, if once uh, blacks, if, if they lose 4% of the Democrats, lose 4% of the black vote, then, you know, that means that the opponent is going to win, right? They have all these numbers that are going on. You hear my dog in the back? That's going to be our, it's not a clubbing seal, that's a barking dog. Um, but if you look at all of those demographics, right, Trump won in each one of them. His number, he got more Democrats to vote for him. He had more blacks vote for him uh, since, you know, the 60s and the 70s. You know, he was back to those numbers. Um, he, gays, right, the number of gays that voted. I mean, his, the numbers went up in all of these areas, in all these key areas. So statistically speaking, mathematically speaking, it's not possible that Biden would have won. Right, just just that alone. If we don't even if we don't even look at yeah, we know election fraud happens. So, do I think that that is the case? Yes. Can you prove it? That's not my job. Right, that was Trump's job. He'd been saying all along they were going to try and steal it. You know, again with COVID and the um, nursing homes. You know, they said hey, you know they're going to be coaxed into voting for basically whoever the aide is and whatever their political views are. Uh, these people are going to wind up. Uh, voting that way because they have control over the people, right? It's like, there are all these things they're saying for two years about, oh, they're going to try and steal the vote. So you should have the stuff set up so that you could have something in place to have the proof. Just like when it says that you committed a crime, um, you have to prove it in a court of law, right? They have to prove that you committed the act. The onus is on them, right, I'm innocent until proven guilty. Biden, the Democrat machine, the elitists, the progressives, right, all of these things, right, they're saying, oh, you guys cheated. It's innocent until proven guilty. And I, I get it. There's a frustration, right, because you're like, well, they didn't give you a chance to give them a chance to, you know, prove that it was, um, that it happened. They didn't take up cases in the court. So, you know, um, you... That is their job. That is the Trump machine's job was to make sure that those things were in place so that you could prove that it was happening. And if you know that people are corrupt and that the cases may not be taken up, and right, that's your problem, then it was your job, art of the deal. It was your job to then figure it out. Now, there were some cases, and, you know, we can get into this more, but I'm sure you guys have heard about it all, so I'm going to wrap this up pretty quick because, again, I'm a little late, right? But there are plenty of times along the way where they should have changed course that some like getting the electors certified. That's something that happens through governors and the legislature and right and trying to put pressure there. And you had cases in red states and blue states where it wasn't taken up. They didn't win, right? We didn't have enough people in the legislature uh, to take up the cause or to say, no, we're not going to certify these. And it, it, it sucks, but it is what happened, right? And it's like, and it's not like it's a surprise to God, like he didn't know it was going to happen, right? We see over and over and over and over again in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament when God gives us over to our enemies, right? I mean, America 
we are vile. Look, I mean, 300,000 uh, kids a year being um, uh, sex trafficked that, you know, that we find, right? 300,000. Not only that, um, you know, abortion, right? Look at, I mean, they, they can get rid of Trump's Twitter, but we still have porn, right? And again, these are all things that you, hopefully you've heard before or that you get. And we are a wicked nation. You have the sex traffickers and the pedophile rings and sex trafficking rings that, you know, Trump was going after. Do you think they were just going to lie down and take it? No, they brought the full force of everything that they are against him, right? Against us. When we're like, yeah, we want to see some of these things taken down. He was doing them. Second term, what does that mean? A lot of these people would have, you know, they would have been out, outy, right? I mean, he'd already set into place uh, a bunch of things, you know, confiscating, you know, monies and assets and all of these things if you get caught with pedophilia. And then, you know, I think in the second term he was going to go at it harder. Absolutely. Right? So you think they were just going to let it happen? Right? You think they were going to be like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. No. They did what they had to do. Did they overplay their hand? Where now it is 2020 vision and we can all see you. And people who are honest and intellectually uh, honest, they can all see. Yes. So now what? So now we better go and do something, right? We should be repenting as a nation. We should, right, humble ourselves before the Lord. And saying, Lord, we're not going to continue to let these things happen. Right? We are not. We are going to take the fight to them. And this is a spiritual battle. Through prayer and supplication. Right? It's like, what does it say? Um, Psalm 131. Adonai, my heart isn't proud. But is it proud? Search yourself. Look, is there that pride? Pride comes before fall. Are we being prideful and stubborn because we know, right, that, that we're right? But there's a difference between having righteous indignation, right, having anger. God says to be angry and sin not. And right now we are crossing that line, or some people are crossing that line. So as we move forward, I think it is very important that we look, right, it's like we can either keep on the trajectory that we're on, continue to let our country go down to pot, or individually in ourselves and our family, local communities, we can go and we can turn around and we can say, hey, I need to humble myself. My family needs to humble ourselves. We need to recoup, right? We need to retreat, regroup, recoup ourselves, repent, humble ourselves so that we can move forward, so that we can hear the voice of the Lord and we can say, okay, Lord, right? Are, are we going to be Sodom and Gomorrah or are we going to be Nineveh? Are going to repent as a people, right? And put a, be the stopgap, be the watchman in the wall. And I don't mean just like talking it. I mean walking the walks, meeting people where they're at, right? Going and, and truly educating yourself on issues. Helping, being part of organizations like the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Or again, there's a whole slew of other ones. If you don't know where to plug in, listen, you don't have to be part of the Frederick Douglass Foundation if you don't want to. I'll help you get plugged in somewhere else. But we have to be grassroots lobbying. Your representative should know your name, right? It's local first, right? Starts first in your home, right? Actually, first it starts in your mind, in your heart, in your family, in who you are, right? That that core group. Then you're going out into your friends and your family, then your community, 
then into the political sphere. And you have to do these things now. There's, there is no more, you know, you're awake. Don't go back to sleep. You know, be woke. And I mean in the truest sense of the word, not, you know, like, oh, right, you know, some of these, you know, shadow boxing things. I mean, like, truly, if you, you're awake, right? God gave us 2020 vision in 2020. So, you see it. Now it's time to get after it. And I get it, like I said, I'm sitting here, just finished my laundry, right? During my break, I went and whipped up a little dinner and stuff, you know, because I'm like, hey, I want to try and do all these things. It's hard. It's tough with families, right? We've got bills that we can't even pay because they're trying to lock us down so the government can take over more, give us more free stuff so that they'll be like, oh, hey, uh, there's no tax money because there's no jobs, so therefore, you know, government has to come in and make some jobs, you know, and these are all things that we see coming at us. So what are you going to do about it? You know, you're telling me that you can't find an hour a month, right, to make some calls to your representative, right, be like, hey, whatever uh, group it is, whatever issue it is, whatever is going on, when you see that there is something that is off where you can't, you know, again, what bill is going on in your state? What are your representatives doing? You need to hold them accountable. We have to do this or, you know, this is it. I don't think that we have much longer. Uh, this Biden... Harris ticket is detrimental to um, this country, but even more so, it's detrimental that we as individuals are not doing our duty to be humble, call on the Lord's name, and repent. We should be apologetic, right? People talking about the sin of slavery, or the sin of abortion. We should be apologetic. We should be on our faces, prostate every single freaking night for hours and praying and saying, Lord, we're so sorry for not doing anything, not doing more. And, you know, and this is coming from, again, yeah, okay, you're on the sidewalk, sidewalk ministry. I have w women, you know, like, you know, get in another room, somebody's uh, pregnant and they need somewhere to stay, well, they always have a place to stay here, right? Uh, whatever it is, right, that you do, and I'm, I'm not taking away from that. And we have so many things, some of us do all the time. And I don't think that your family should suffer for the sake of everything else because, you know, that is most important. And, and I've held that to the best of my ability as well. You know, when I took a step back from everything, it was because I have to be a mom and a wife first. And I get that. But even within that, I still had to find the time to do something.
we can all do something and that's all I'm saying because we are treading we are at a precipice right now we're on the brink of that communist Marxist propaganda completely penetrating every aspect of our lives at this point and you see that probably even in your children right if your kids especially I mean even as homeschoolers I'm like how do my kids know some of this stuff it's public schoolers even more so so my point being is that it's time right to take that 2020 vision and do something with it we see clearly don't go back to sleep all right um what do I got probably around 30 minutes or so so January 6th the insurrection <laughs> so they call it right all right that's how about after break you are listening to Aisha Kreitz and Clubbing Seals or is that on Clubbing Seals check me out at AishaKreitz.com you could also sign up for the Frederick Douglass Foundation at fdfnational.org find uh, Frederick Douglass Foundation in your state or if you live here in New York please look up fdfny.org sign up subscribe become a member pro-life interested in getting more involved there visit aminotachild.com sign up on our petition for personhood we'll help get you plugged in and hey this Saturday the 23rd January 23rd if you were in the Rochester New York area come down to 114 University Avenue and stand out with us uh, stand together for life we have uh, various groups that have come together uh, we go out there prayer and worship and fellowship you hear encouraging stories of you know men women children that have been saved you have a chance if you've ever thought about being a sidewalk counselor um, Ellen Duncan and um, love will end abortion uh, they have sidewalk counselor slots you know like to help you so if, if you want some training doing it super great training that they have going on quest for life with Mike Warren as well um, they can help train you or if you just want to go out there you can just go out there you know again if you don't feel like you need that but super uh, great people but, you know come visit us 9:45 a.m. at 114 University Avenue this Saturday January uh, 23rd and if there's people doing the March for Life in DC I know it's gonna be a lot different some virtual stuff like that uh, if you got something going on let me know anyway so that's my story I'm sticking to it now back to January 6th listen guys I'm again I don't, I don't think I can make this quick you know you you feel me bro <sighs> I was watching <laughs> I was watching this video of like the actual like people busting through and stuff like that let me start from there from that video I should actually let me stop and I'm gonna be right back I'm gonna watch that video to get myself all hyped up again Okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm back. I just had to get myself. <laughs> Guys. So there's this 
the video from uh, this is the New Yorker. You know, um, there was a uh, a reporter dude, you know, that was like in there and just filming and stuff. He went in with the crowd, and so you know, it shows him. You know them coming. Oh, it's a, a reporter's view from inside the Capitol siege, is what they call it, right? And so, do you guys want the good news or bad news first? Hmm? All right, let's go bad news first. Why bad news first? Mostly because I think it helps people sympathize, get your mind right a little bit. You know, and then we'll go to good news. Bad news is, I mean, what were, what were some people thinking? You just guys like we we're saying before i get it election stolen all of that but i mean if first off we're going to do something like this at least do it right you know uh, it is not okay to vandalize right peaceful discourse is what we're about right it is not right or righteous to do wrong things for the right reason and just like, right, remember over the summer, um, talking about, you know, people, oh, riots are the voice of the unheard, Martin Luther King Jr., so that, you know, people would be like, oh, trying to, you know, justify some of the riots, and we were like, so you guys aren't condemning any of this, right? It's like, this isn't right. I mean, again, you might feel like you're being mar marginalized, nobody's listening, you see an injustice, something that is wrong, and... Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all of these people, right? Even though I think Antifa is just a, uh, what's that word, uh, anarchist group, and take advantage of, you know, other people's frustrations. So we'll just go Black Lives Matter, right? There are some legitimate concerns that um, we could say that people have about the justice system. You know, there definitely there are injustices. And so does that mean that a riot is the answer? No, right? That's what I mean. That's what we've been saying. Same thing here, right? Was there some injustice that happened? Absolutely. Is this the way that you should behave? Being all up in your emotions? You want to be upset with somebody else because they're all up in their emotions, but it's okay for you to be in your emotions because, oh, well, now it's my cause? No. Right? I mean, that's logic, right? We have our emotions. Our emotions lie to us, right? And... The, the job is to take your logic and your reason and your wisdom and to mitigate your emotions. Take your emotions and say, I'm sorry, emotions. You can't have control. And in this case, right, obviously, you know, there's some reports, right, that there were people that were planning on doing this. Um, there are people that wanted the chaos, and that's from both sides or all sides of the aisle. There are some people that want to go absolutely and take advantage of the emotions of these people just like that happened with black lives matter protests that were mostly peaceful and then the people would come in and there'd be the agitators in there to get them agitated up pretended like they even cared about their cause got the people agitated and then again rioting looting right sure absolutely sure something like that happened as well here but that doesn't take away from those people who were planning on doing it anyway right where they were coming from and the reasoning why, right? You have some of these groups that are, you know, always looking for some type of takeover military action type of people, right? And so maybe they were like, yeah, let's go and do that. Great. And then you probably have those people, some good people that got caught up uh, in the mix of it that 
you know, got in between those two groups that were planning these things, and they were just there, you know, just to go to the rally with Trump. And, you know, again, as uh, he's going to, and I would too, I would rile people up as well, right? Agitate, agitate, agitate. That's what Frederick Douglass said. We educate, we agitate. And why do you agitate? So the people get out of their sense of complacency. But we can still remain peaceful, right, until the time that you can't be. But that's not this time, right? These people got caught up, all up in their emotions, and in between these people. Does it make it right? No. Is there still a consequence to it? Yes. So, you know, there you have it. That's, that's what I think. I think that people need to get up out their emotions. Now, good news is, watch the video, and I'm like, eh, if the call comes and it's time for revolution, there's definitely a lot of people that are going to do it, right? On the flip side, listen, if it is uh, conservatives against liberals, I'll tell you what, we will win, right? We got the guns, we have the organization, and that's part of my issue here, is if they were going to do something like that, right? If this was a planned thing and Trump was like, ooh, yeah, insurrection, siege, right? If that's what he's doing, listen, it wasn't going to be some podunk people just going in there and being shut down after five hours. They'd still be there. You had Black Lives Matter people there for like 20, 30 days taking over a city. You don't think that if it was time that there wouldn't have been a lot more um, planning and organization into that, right? If it was something Trump really wanted to do, now he would have them do it, and then, I don't know, then he'd probably close it down, have some military action in there too, if he really was a dictator. I mean, do you see how these dictators work? So all that stuff is nonsense, the way these people want to try and play. Like, what are you talking about? We actually literally can see how dictators uh, do actual insurrections. And this isn't it, okay? This is the voice of the unheard, <laughs> right? You have 39 to 45, depending on which poll, 39 to 45% of the country that believes that the election was stolen, there's election fraud, right? And if that's the case, Congress had a duty. These governors had a duty. These state legislators had a duty to look into it. And they didn't look into it, and that was the problem. If they would have looked into it and then Biden still won, people would have been like, oh, all right. But they didn't, like we were talking about before, right? Some of these cases didn't get taken up. Some of them, right, they, they were mismanaged. Some of them they didn't put forth at all, right? But these legislators, these governors, it's really their fault. Because if they would have done their duty, then all these people were like, well, it's being so, it would have been squashed. And they would have been like, no, we did. We looked into it. We heard what you said, right? Because we're the citizens. And doggone it, the government should be afraid of its people, of its citizenry. It should be, right? I should not be afraid of my government. The government should be afraid of me. And if it's not, which I do think that, you know, what happened there, I think part of it, there is a little bit of timidness, but I don't, but I think that because there was probably some planning, again, not conspiracy theory stuff, but because I think that there were those bad actors in there that were trying to agitate things up, you know, they wanted something like this to happen so that they could kind of uh, squelch people's voice, uh, make the inauguration, right? It's like, oh, if the inauguration was wide open and nobody showed up, they'd be like, oh, yeah, this sucks. But now they can be like, no, no, 
You can't have people here. That's why nobody showed up, right? Nobody's excited about Biden and Harris. I don't know anybody that voted for them. I know people that voted for them, but I don't know anyone that did vote for them. They're just like, yeah, I love them. I think they're so awesome. And that's why I did it, right? No, they were like, oh, yeah, I hate Trump, right? And so I'm afraid of Trump, and I'm voting for them. But they suck, too. So ain't nobody, you know, all like, yay, let's go to the inauguration. But they can make it seem like that now. All right, they can make and again, we played into their hand. We got played. You feel me? So, that's the, but the good news is, I do think that there are going to be those who recognize that, hey, you have some people that are not happy. And what I'm saying is, if you're one of those people that is not happy about what happened, you better buy gone let bygones be bygones in the sense of stop doing stupid things right you have to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove you have to kill them with kindness martin luther king that non-violent protest let them be the bad guys i mean that's when we win so finding those ways to precision to surgically cut out this cancer that is stealing our america that is what we should be doing if you have a plan if you're like oh you know what this is what we should be doing then giddy up man get a few people together and start doing it make the plan set the plan in motion because there are bills that need to be taken out there are um congressmen and representatives and house members and state and local that we need to get out of there you know, ever thought about running for office? Now's the time to do it, right? But more importantly, we have to be fighting the culture war. You have to be in the public square, having the conversation, educating it, and not in, in love, not with hate, not by calling people names. You're going to tell someone how dumb and brainwashed they are all the time and then think they're going to listen to you. I mean, I'm not going to listen to someone who said, right? It's like, it, it feels good to say it. I'm all up in my emotions when I'm talking to the choir. If I'm giving a speech to those people who already think like me, right? Oh, sure. I'll be like, yeah, rah, 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 right? But rile them up. Fire it up, fire it up, right? But if I'm there to do like a workshop or to try and teach or to try and educate, then I have to speak in terms and in ways that people can understand. And I, so you have to be loving. You have to be like, okay, listen, you know, we don't agree, but let me give you some facts, some points. So that means you have to be educated. You have to take your, your facts, your points, whatever it is, pick one thing, one issue, right? You can't, we can't do everything. The enemy has a million minions that he can throw at us. You are one person in your lane. Get in your lane and stay in it. If it's pro-life, learn it, know it, become an expert at it. If it's Second Amendment, know it, become an expert at it, right? Figure out, hey, this is what happened. This is how our rights were eroded. These are the things that need to be targeted. These are the people that need to be targeted. And then you start and you make a plan, right? Um, again, I'm going through this quick because I'm kind of going long now. But my time is pretty much up. But... That pretty much uh, makes us a little bit up to date <laughs> for the time that I missed. Um, and next time, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to hopefully be more regular 
and so that I can dedicate more time, you know, like specifics on something instead of rambling on. I need to find that song, Ramblin' Man, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate you. If you have any questions, comments, please leave them uh, below. Uh, you can also email me if you'd like. Um, and I will try to cover whatever thoughts and topics that you have. Um, feel free to write me. You can send me an email. And uh, I can do it that way. Like those Dear Abby letters, right? Dear Abby, here's my problem. Right? My husband, he falls asleep every single night when I'm trying to talk to him. And I don't know what to do. <laughs> Alright? Whatever it is. Uh, or, you know, I have this senator who um, keeps proposing all of these bills. What can I do, Aisha? Here are some of the bills. Alright? Like, if you have questions, have at it. Um, again, thank you again for listening to me. Aisha Kreitz, I appreciate you. And... I look forward to our next time together here on Clubbing Seals.